Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, today, Greg Schiano issued his uh, week one press conference, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we have some Marlon Williamson hype from the internet. want to dive into a bit because we have a couple uh, pretty highly recruited uh, or highly rated recruits that will be visiting in the class of 2025 that are related to our most recent commit, not familiar, familiarly, uh, but in terms of a relationship with the most recent commitment in Dylan Grant. And we got some voicemails. We didn't forget about you guys. Uh, I know that we've had some come in the last few days. So we have five new voicemails that we'll uh, hit at the end of the podcast as well. But let's talk uh, Let's talk about what Shiano had to say at this press conference. Kind of uh, just hit some high notes and we can dive into some of these specific questions. But uh, what was the general mood of the press conference today, Rich? A uh, man of many words, but still said nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, he managed to keep everything pretty under wraps still in terms of the team. Um, obviously we asked him about the injuries and he basically just said, um, you guys already know about this big 10 new rule two hours before I'm going to divert to that. Asked him about <laughs> someone, uh, I shouldn't say someone. It's pretty obvious. It was fun. Second that after asked him about how long of a leash Gavin Wimsat will have. And I was just <laughs> like, what did you say? Like, shit, that was, that was ballsy. Shout that out to him for ballsy. doing that. But, uh, yeah, he basically just pushed that one to the side. Um, he talked about Northwestern, even though they didn't really release much info either from their press conference. Um, they're definitely uh, – he just kind of just mentioned that he's there, they're a 1-11 team, but he said there's just a ton of – turn. they had a ton of turnovers last year. If they didn't have those turnovers, it could have been a totally different season for them. Maybe the Pat Fitzgerald stuff doesn't come up. Uh, he didn't say that. I'm saying that now, but that's besides the point. Um but uh, yeah, it's just a, it's mostly the same team for Northwestern, kind of. I mean, they definitely got some new weapons via the portal and stuff like that. But you still have the same OC, you still have the same special teams coordinator. Defense is going to look a little different, but you return a lot of dudes on that side. But uh, he did uh, he raved about Cam Porter, the running back, who's a two twenty a two hundred twenty pound running back, which is a, a big guy, big bulky guy, kind of similar to Sam Brown, I would say, in terms of uh, build. But uh, other than that, he really he really didn't say much. He just said there's adjustments to uh, playing on Sunday instead of Saturday. Um, he mentioned he did say something about Jaquay Jackson. Um, he said he's done a really good job adjusting the team and not just the team, but in terms of practice and conditioning and all that stuff. Uh, he thinks he'll adjust more throughout the season, but he did rave about him a little bit. Um, it just seemed like there was a little he had a little buzz to him today. Um, like I said before, he didn't say much. Like on paper, on paper he said a ton actually. Um, but uh, he just had a little buzz to him. He's very, very. He said the word excited like every other sentence. So I would say he was excited. Um, I think that's safe to say. And then uh, he's just excited about being the only game on Sunday. And I, I think he likes the idea of it because everyone's going to be watching it. But I don't know. I hate Sunday football if it's not <laughs> if it's not NFL. Yeah, thankfully it's on a holiday weekend, so whatever date is kind of gets like warped by, you know, it being unfamiliar that you're off for at least three days. Mm -hmm. Some of you, many more. 
Yeah. Um, so that I don't mind, but do you remember when uh, college <clears throat> used to play, like ESPN had like a Sunday night game, like Rutgers played yeah. UConn one, one year on a Sunday night. Um, yeah, that, that wasn't cool uh, because it was competing right <laughs> with the NFL. They stopped doing that. They stopped doing yeah. Thursday night football as like a big push too because hey, that's it's competing too now. much. It's all now that's Maction. Yep. Um, for me, I thought the most interesting comment Greg made was talking about the injury report and how that's now being released two hours before. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's not going to talk injuries in the pressers anymore in game week. So for you guys, I, I feel bad because there's not really a whole lot to talk about. Like there's a lot of like coach speak <laughs> type of stuff like, oh, X coach is such a great coach, you know, name three or four players on the team. Like we recruited him out of high school. He's a very good player, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then he's just going to kind of like coach speak his way through the rest. Um, the yeah. a few, you know, difficult questions that were asked were kind of sideswiped today or, or, you know, or glancing blows. But I mean, it is exciting to hear him talk about some of the new players. I thought another cool thing he discussed was, you know, how much a lot of the top players on defense, especially have developed. Like you mm-hmm. said that uh, Aaron Lewis came in at 6'5", 212, and now he's 6'5", 262. You mentioned Longer being making huge strides with his mm-hmm. body, you know, Tyreen Powell, Deion Jennings. So it is kind of cool for him to see a lot of the guys he recruited to come to Rutgers now, you know, hitting the, the tail ends of their career and really being huge impact guys. Um, but other than that, yeah, reading through the transcript here, listening to the the, the actual presser, not a whole lot was said. Um, I really wish there was more we could expound upon, but Fine, we've gone through trust me. basically everything. Um <laughs> We will be talking tomorrow with a uh, Northwestern writer to go through a game preview to kind of get the Northwestern perspective because Northwestern, they've been pretty mum about how things are going as well. I think the Northwestern beat will have uh, some information that probably isn't widely known. I'm sure if you've looked hard enough, you could find any of the stuff regarding, you know, how their transfers are doing, what this camp's been like, the overall spirits of the team. So stay tuned tomorrow for that podcast. Uh, that'll be a really good one. I really always like chopping it up with people uh, representing other schools uh, beats to kind of hear what's going on with those their specific teams. Um, is there anything else that we missed that we didn't talk about from the presser today that you wanted to, to hit on? Um, not really. The injury report thing is really disappointing to me because like those Mondays were perfect for that because it, it's a couple days later, you kind of figure out the details and all that. And now he's just going to divert it until Saturday. So, so like you said, it, it is going to be very basic on Mondays now because it's going to be like, Hey, we're playing one and 11 Northwestern. Well, you know, they could have been a lot better last year if they did this, 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 like they're, they're a good team still. Well, no, we're going to play Ohio still 10 and one Ohio state instead. And it's like, wow, they had a really good year last year, and you know they did really did good. This, 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 this. And it's like, come on, like I, I, we need some substance here. I'm tired of sitting there and just nothing. Like there's just nothing like of substance. Like I, like I said, it's a ton of words, but there's not really anything there. And then the fact that he's so like every coach, and it's not just Shiano, it's every coach in the Big Ten for some reason just refuses to talk shit about their opponent, and it drives me insane. Uh, SEC, you see like them saying stuff. Lane mm-hmm. Kiffin come, came out the one press conference. It might have been SEC Media Day, actually. And he was like, you guys just keep picking Alabama not first, and you're just giving Saban, like, all this this uh, trash talk <laughs> juice. Like, he's going to – this is bulletin yep. board material. Like, and I, I love that they talk about each other. There's actually some, like, juice between everything. Like, it's fun. That's the point yeah, the of last, college football. The last juicy thing I can remember a Big Ten coach saying was when Jim Harbaugh was talking about Ryan Day – and he was saying how 
you know, some people uh, get born on third base and think they hit a triple. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're talking about you that's know how he funny, basically got, yeah, it, it is funny. And, and I mean, Harbaugh is one of the only kind of not giving a fuck type coaches in the, yeah. in the Big Ten who isn't you know this old school type of you know coach speak only type coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he always has some interesting, uh, interesting nuggets that he drops. It, uh, you know how they asked every coach at Big Ten Media Day, or I don't remember exactly when they did it, what their favorite mm-hmm. artists were, their favorite musical yeah, artists. I saw that. I know what so you're going to say. gave the most Jersey answer ever with like... Bruce Springsteen. Uh, then it was a lot of like similar answers from the mm-hmm. rest of the coaches. Like James Franklin said Jay-Z. Um, yeah. Jim Harbaugh? Alanis <laughs> Morissette. So... Yeah. He is he is one quirky guy, uh, but you gotta love that he's he's not afraid to be himself either. At the same yeah. time, and those make those press conferences must watch. Like just yeah. some stupid out of stuff, out of pocket stuff. Like even today, we asked uh, someone asked him about a hard at a hardball. What he said today mm-hmm. about his revenue sharing and all that, or yesterday, whenever his press conference was. It's just like, and then Greg gave the basic answer, like, yeah, revenue sharing, yeah, blah blah blah. No, it's like, no, say, like, we need an honest opinion out of you, like an honest thought. Yep. Um, yeah, they gotta be so, it's not, like I said, it's not just him. It's every big 10 coach for the most part, minus maybe Harbaugh, but you have to be, stop being scared of bulletin board material. Like you have to actually go out there and talk some trash. I think you should maybe not go out there and say, Hey, we're playing one and 11 Northwestern. What do you think they're going to do on the field? Yeah. But like, say like, Hey, we're playing a one and 11 Northwestern. Like we, we gotta be confident. We gotta be, we're going into this game. Like we're going to win this. But yeah, that's not his MO. We know that he's never going to do that. It just drives me nuts. But it is what it is. All right, so let's let's move on to another topic. Uh, Rutgers assistant coach, uh, the basketball team, Marlon Williamson, getting a ton of hype, getting shouted out by Trilly Donovan himself, saying that it was one of the most underrated hires of the offseason. This is after Dylan Dylan Grant committed, and news of obviously Trey McKinney visiting Rutgers over Mm -hmm. homecoming weekend. Is already reported, Jeez. and I believe he's – is he number 10 or number 12? Uh, 12, in, I believe. So he's the 12th-ranked player in the class of 25. And Darius Acuff is his AAU teammate, who is now at IMG, I believe. So they're both Detroit-area guys. He's ranked 14th. Trey McKinney's ranked 12th. We're hearing that Darius Acuff, the 14th-ranked player, is in the process of scheduling an official visit at Rutgers for sometime this fall, sometime after – Trey McKinney visits, unsure why they're not visiting together, but that's, you know, schedules don't always align. So Marlon Williamson making a huge impact, not the biggest splash hire initially, like a lot of people were questioning it, but I mean, he got Jeremiah Williams to commit. He got Dylan Grant to commit. He's playing a factor in basically everybody's recruitment right now. Um, But especially having these deep connections to the the Michigan area and the family AAU if if he is able to get even one of those guys, Trey McKinney or Darius Acap to come to Rutgers, his, you know, his he's worth his weight in gold because that's that would be three classes in a row that Rutgers has at least one five star in it. And I don't care what you say, I'm counting Gavin Griffith as a five star until no, the day I die. He was a five star most of the process, and then he got you know. I that was the weirdest thing in the world. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna I'm not gonna deny that one. And from me, everything so. we're hearing, he's been one of the most impressive players of the offseason for Rutgers hoops. Like yeah. the. The whispers we're hearing is that the staff is even more impressed with him than than they thought they'd be, both athletically and both as a player. Um, and if you you've seen some of the videos of him online, he looks he doesn't look like a freshman from his build. I'll just put it that way. He looks very muscular, yeah. very well put together. So excited to see him on the court. Um, 
Anything else? I know I kind of ranted there. Anything no, else you wanted to add? Um, yeah. No, Marlon Williamson is is the guy. Like, and when when he got hired, there there was something I, I did want to point out. When he did get hired, I think we mentioned it on the pod, and I'm I'm kind of secretly getting more and more convinced of this. This is, and this is me thinking way down the line. This is just me <laughs> spitballing here. When Pike retires, this is Brandon Knight's job. When Brandon Knight is going to get the job, he's the incumbent. Uh, no, not the incumbent. That's the wrong Head word. Head coach and waiting. Head coach and waiting. Yeah, we'll go with that. Head coach and waiting at, at, at Rutgers. I think that's there's no question about that. Smoke and him worked together for several years. They were very close, so it kind of made sense for Pike to kind of be like, "All right, let's let's get your guy in here for an interview." And then maybe he just blew blew him away, and was, that was it. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, yeah. And then he probably promised, like like most interviews, you're probably promising like, "Yo, I'm going to get you this kid. I'm going to get you this kid, this kid." And maybe it doesn't always turn out that way, but like. It's kind of working that way right now with Dylan Grant coming in now, um, committed with Trey McKenney coming to visit, Darius Acuff coming to visit. Like, this is there is no better time to be a Rutgers basketball fan than right now because this is like yeah. it's a little bit of a climb and it's good, it's gonna get there. They're gonna get there in November when they get everyone signed. They get Ace Bailey, Dylan Grant, Lathan Somerville, Bryce Dorch. Oh, that other guy, Dylan Harper. Um, so it's, it's just going to be crazy. And this is just the beginning because these guys haven't even touched a court for Rutgers yet. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very exciting time. I've said it countless times on this podcast. If you are not a Rutgers basketball season ticket holder, uh, I hope you enjoy paying a huge surcharge to, (laughs) to, to go to games next year through StubHub or no, we don't use StubHub anymore, right? SeatGeek. I'm glad you said that. Did you see, did you see our tweet? Shoot it. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's, there uh, you go. Let's hear it. Use the promo it. code Rutgers Rivals, all caps, for SeatGeek for your first order, twenty dollars off. So that ticket, that pricey hundred and twenty dollars ticket, is now a hundred bucks just for you. You use the promo code Rutgers Rivals. And this is only for new users. So if you already have a SeatGeek account, you know, maybe make another one, make, make a, a fake second email. one, make a third one, use a fake email, yeah. sign up again. Um, but that is the exclusive promo code from Rutgers Rivals. So, and I mean, you're going to need it for Rutgers uh, secondary market tickets moving forward because that is the exclusive partner of Rutgers Athletics. So, if you're trying to buy resold tickets, you got to do it through SeatGeek. Yep. Um, so that's kind of all I have on Marlon Williamson. Uh, obviously, we already talked about how we're going to have a Northwestern writer on tomorrow. We do have quite a few voicemails, though. So let's get right into the voicemails. Uh, Richie, you are the, the voicemail MC here, so I will pass um, it off to you. Well, drum roll, because I found all the transitions and stuff. We got all the cool stuff here now. They got like songs <laughs> and stuff. I guess we'll start with uh, we'll start with Sander. I think he's the newest. Richie, I just wanted to say that um, first, I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and my question is. Just as football season starts to loom, are there any players on our team that you think have a potential to be all Big Ten players, um, either on the defense or the offense? And kind of a follow-up to that, do you think that any of our players have a really good shot of being drafted for the NFL draft? Um, Thanks so much. So to answer your question, this is kind of a multi-layered answer because – some of the players on the team who I do think are NFL talents aren't eligible for the NFL draft this year. Um, so I guess let's start with the guys that we think could be Big Ten, all Big Ten at some level, whether it be first team, second team, third team, honorable mention, and also are eligible for the draft after this year. So I'll Ooh, go first. Defense. 
They're all on defense. So Aaron <laughs> Lewis is the one that stands out to me. I think he's the best player on the team. I thought he was the most disruptive player on the team last year. Uh, he was constantly, you know, putting pressure on quarterbacks. They didn't result in hits or sacks, and that's his big. That's where he needs to make a big step this year: is convert those pressures into sacks, convert those pressures into quarterback hits, because those will result in more turnovers and more splash plays on defense. So, who's who's another guy? Because we'll just kind of go through all the ones that we think. Well, I think, and if I read this right, because I, I looked it up today, PFF actually ranked him number one in QE hits. So he did get the hits. He just okay, didn't get the sacks. He did sacks. get the hits, not the sacks. Yeah, yeah I think he had 19 last year. But uh, I, I mean, the other obvious one would probably be Malachi Max Melton. Like yep. he's listed, what, number four corner preseason for uh, PFF, PFF for NFL yep. draft next year. So he, uh, I thought he was personally the best player on the team, not this training camp, last training camp. And then he went into the season, hit or miss. He had some good plays, some really bad plays. So if he can bounce back and just prove that he's fully good to go and full, and I shouldn't even say like, like it that, like that because he wasn't injured or anything. He just, he just struggled last year. As long as yep. he can prove his worth this year against big 10 competition, I think there's no question. He could be one of the top corners taken off the board. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, another guy I think is all big 10 worthy potentially, and also a potential NFL draft pick Wesley Bailey, the, the mm-hmm. other defensive end on the team. I think he's been, not, I wouldn't even say quietly, but he's been a little bit underappreciated because he is yeah. just such a good player on that defensive line. Same thing for him. He's got to convert some of those pressures into sacks because the leading uh, sack guy on the team last year, I think, had three. Three and um, a half. It was him. Three and a half. That was Wesley Bailey. So yeah. we just got to got to pump those numbers up. You got to create more uh, havoc in the backfield, more tackles for loss. But he's a guy I think has NFL potential. Um, he's NFL draft eligible after this year. So we'll see mm-hmm. if he decides to enter or not. Uh, who else do you think on the team has NFL uh, potential? Uh, real quick before we move on from Wesley, I think Wesley's going to have a ton of open lanes to the quarterback this year. Yep. I think they're going to double team the shit out of Aaron Lewis after watching yep. what he did last season. And that's going to leave Bailey either on one-on-one situations and maybe just wide open lanes. <laughs> like he, yep. he might be able to get to the quarterback pretty easily. But uh, yeah, I, I would probably say sticking with the defense. As long as Muhammad Toure can prove he's fully healthy, I he was the sack leader in 2021 and 2020. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, he's kind of in a weird spot now because you just mentioned two of the edge rushers, and it's like, all right, where does Toure go? Because he played edge rusher before they before they were ready, before Bailey and Lewis were ready. So now it's he can kind of go back and forth between linebacker and D-end. Um, and I think he'll do just that. And I think as long as uh, as long as he's healthy and recovered from that, I think it was ACL last year, um, I think there's no question in the world that he can definitely make it to the NFL and be the next next two right in NFL, actually. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I'm going to run through a couple others so we can get all these get through all these questions, but you could feel free to comment on any of these guys. I think yeah. Colin Pierce has has the chance to 100%. be an NFL player. Uh, Tyreen Powell has a chance to be an NFL player. Moses mm-hmm. Walker, Robert Longerbeam, yeah. um, Sam Brown, if he stays healthy um, in a yep. couple of years. Uh, I mean, honestly, I could see any of the defensive backs, you know, having a cup of coffee in the NFL at least. Um, because especially like when now with Izzy and making starting just, nickel in year just, one. Yeah, just look at what Rutgers has done the last two years in general. <laughs> like two undrafted guys end up starting basically day one for an NFL franchise between Christian Izian and Trey Avery. Like both those guys yeah. had their struggles at Rutgers. Let's be real; they both had tons <laughs> of great plays, but and, and Christian Izian was the more consistent player, but I don't think any of us foresaw him being a start, like maybe a special teams guy, but starting as an undrafted player, breaking camp is a huge accomplishment. So 
huge shout out to Christian Izian because that is so impressive what he's been able to do. And he's had that role locked down for weeks now. It's not like they just named it. Yeah. Todd Bowles has been has been alluding to Christian Izian be- being a major part of that team since basically the first week of camp. So huge mm-hmm. shout out to Christian Izian. Yeah, and, and like Christian Braswell too has been making some noise. Yeah. He's only, I'm looking right now. He's only allowed four receptions all of preseason, and that's along with an interception as well. Like he's yep. been phenomenal for the Jaguars. Yep. Um, I was trying to see if he still made the roster or not. I think as of right now, he's on the roster. So that's that's two undrafted guys that are going to be on the roster. Mind you, one of them is going to be a starter. Yeah, I mean Braswell was a. Oh, Braswell was drafted. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, I yeah. forgot completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't trade Trey Avery last year, who was undrafted. Add in. Maybe Max Melton this year. If you're a DB, this is there's no there's probably no other place really to go between Shiano's resume of sending DBs. Now Joe Harris Simiak has a nice resume of sending DBs. Speaking of DBs, maybe Flip Dixon can make it to the league if he has a good year. Yeah, that was another guy I was thinking of. So yeah, multi year Big Ten starter. Um, he's starting again for Rutgers, and uh, let's see what he can do if he if he makes a makes a good impression. I don't see any reason why he can't be in the league in a year. Totally agree. Uh, Sander, thank you for the question. Hopefully we uh, kind of gave you what you were looking for with the answer. Uh, I think we got a familiar face in the next question. I got this guy. <laughs> What's going on, boys? Chris here. No Rick Roll today. Just want to ask. <laughs> think of a farm system for baseball. Think of Jason Dominguez coming up through the minors. Martian. Who on the Rutgers football team this season maybe won't play at all or very, very little that you can see having great success in the future. Thanks, boys. I'm going to hang up and listen. First time, long time. Have a good one. Uh, so you want to take a, you want to take an offensive guy, I'll take a defensive guy, or, unless somebody's really yeah. standing out in your mind? Yeah, no, no, that, that's fine. I can do that in a heart, uh, easily. I almost said in a heartbeat. That's, that would have sounded weird. I already said it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Dylan Braithwaite. Um, I think Dylan Braithwaite okay. has a ton of potential. Um, mind you, he's still young. He's still learning. He's, he's still small. Like he needs this needs to pack on muscle, especially when you're I want to say what five ten maybe on a good day. Um, yeah, he he's gonna he's gonna look really good in Scarlet over the next couple of years. He might get some reps this year. I wouldn't be shocked if they threw him on like a special teams or something like that, just because that's just like Shiano's mo. He's always gonna put the guys on special teams that he knows is gonna make a contribution the year after, just because you get them game ready, get their feet wet, and you also get adjusted to the speed of the game as well. Um, I'm gonna kind of turn this into a two-parter because i'm going to go with davon fuse as well i think those okay. two are going to have some real deal potential at wide receiver i think their futures are super bright and i'm not gonna lie i questioned the move when as soon as he came in and like i saw his linebacker tape i was like hits like a ton of bricks like athletic as shit put him out there he's perfect then they moved on wide receiver and i'm like what the hell's going on here we go again <laughs> um and you normally don't see linebacker to wide receiver. It's usually DB, wide receiver, wide receiver, DB. But this one could end up working out really well because he's, he's, again, he's, he's built pretty, uh, got a good build to him already. He's, a good, he's got good hands, and, he, and he's young. He's still learning the position a little bit, but he did play it in high school, so it's not too crazy. But I think both of those two could set up for a pretty solid wide receiver core for Rutgers' future. All right, since you cheated, I'm going to cheat too. I'm going to give you two yeah, on defense. First being Bo Mascow. He was making some noise yeah. in the spring. He's kind of buried in the depth chart right now, but he's mm-hmm. another super athletic Florida kid. Um, the DB, we've talked about the DB record of Shiano is, you know, one of the best in recent memory for any college program. So I think he's going to develop nicely. He's going to pack on some pounds. I think he came into Rutgers at like 5'11", 170. Probably needs to add at least 15 pounds of muscle. 
But this is a guy I know I'd heard made a lot of noise and he, he made some nice plays in the spring game. Uh, my second guy, another Florida kid, this time a linebacker, Abram Wright. I'd heard some really good things about Abram Wright. Uh, about how he didn't look like a freshman. He also played in the spring game, um, but he's also mm-hmm. buried on the depth chart. He's another guy I could think could end up being a big time contributor, maybe even next year, given we're going to lose Deion Jennings. Tyreen Powell is mm-hmm. eligible for the NFL draft if he mm-hmm. has a standout season. I imagine he comes back, though. But uh, Moses Walker coming off an injury. Mo Ture will be gone. Uh, he's a guy I could see making an impact as soon as next season. Yeah, so I uh, think that's fair. Thanks for the uh, question, Chris. Good to hear from you again. Hope you're doing well. NJ.com. Uh, Boo. Boo. <laughs> um, next up, uh, what do we got? Eric M. Hey, guys. Eric from Edison. Call from Edison. My question is about conference realignment. When do you see it ending? Who do you think Never. the Big Ten is going to pick up next? Is the ACC going to be the next conference to see massive desertions? What are you guys hearing? Thanks. Yeah, so conference realignment is in a bit of a tailspin right now, given I don't think anybody wanted to be the one to blame for a conference going under. So nobody wanted to be the the person who stabbed <laughs> uh, the Pac-12 in the heart. Um, it's kind of wild to even think, what was it, two years ago, the Pac-12, the ACC, the Big Ten announced the, the alliance. alliance. Oh, um, and now the, the Big Ten essentially dealt the death blow to the Pac-12, getting Oregon and Washington after getting US, USC and UCLA. Um, the way I personally see this going is that the that college football will split essentially from the NCAA <laughs> and become its own entity. Um, and that conferences, you're, you're basically going to be in the power to, I think the big 10 and the sec are kind of going to be like the AFC and the NFC. There might be some sort of relegation system eventually implemented. I don't fully know, but the big 12 really did a good job positioning itself to be the strong three in this scenario. Like the big 12 was on de- a deathbed, you know, even yeah. a year ago, they did a great job navigating a really shitty situation in terms of conference realignment. I think the ACC, they're still trying to poke holes in the grant of rights agreement that they have with uh, the conference in general. Mm-hmm. ESPN really screwed them uh, mm-hmm. signing. Uh, they, they screwed themselves, honestly. Let's 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 be real here. You don't sign a twenty-year agreement in TV. You just don't do it. That. They, they thought that this might be the last chance they had to get some locked in money. And so they put themselves in a really bad situation and they, they locked themselves in with that grant of rights deal. I know that they talk about the magnificent seven, you know, trying to find a way out. FSU is talking about taking on uh, venture capitalist money to help them buy their, their, their rights back in, mm-hmm. you know, a private deal. Wild. It's, it's a totally, it, I always thought conference realignment was absolutely insane. This is a whole new level of insanity, what's been going on the last 12 months. So to answer your question, I think there's going to be a whole lot more uh, churn. There's going to be a whole lot more uh, big movers and shakers. And the Big mm-hmm. Twelve or the Big 10 and the, the SEC are going to be the big winners in this. And the Big 12 is just going to try and hold on for relevancy and see who they can pick up from the ACC, from what's left of the Pac-12. And maybe some other big name school, but 
So, so here's where it gets interesting. The ACC was set to have all the presidents for a call yesterday. Uh, it obviously got postponed um, due to the shooting down at North Carolina's campus. Hope everyone's all right there. Um, but it sounds like that call is basically to get Cal, Stanford, and SMU. Why would they add three random schools? Well, number one, SMU's got a crazy booster fund, apparently, and they're ready to mm-hmm. fucking throw whatever money sign they can do just to get into the conversation of the Power Five. Um, Cal and Stanford, like you said, kind of on a lifeline. They just they need help. This would be the death yep. blow to the Pac-12 because you were down to two schools, I believe. Yep. So it's kind of like shit out of luck. Um, but so now, why would they add schools? Because apparently, the according to ACC's ESPN contract, and this is based off some tweet I read from some reliable source guy that I, I don't really know if he's reliable or not. You need at least fourteen schools in the contract to at least maintain the deal currently. So, like, they need to add schools, basically, because they're afraid they're going to lose schools. Like you just said, Florida State, Clemson wants out, Virginia Tech wants out. Now, from what I was told recently is the Big Ten's starting to look into Clemson and Virginia Tech. I don't know what – or not Clemson and Virginia I'm sorry, Clemson and FSU. Personally, I think you'd prefer Miami because I believe Miami just got AAU status. Um, I don't know if Florida State has AAU status. I don't think they do. Um and then Clemson, I mean, it's great for football and solid basketball programs. So, I mean, I, no complaints. As well. And I think the big reason they, they want Clemson is because the SEC wants Clemson. So you kind of just – you're yeah. kind of invading into their territory a little bit without going all the way into their territory. In terms of the Florida State one, it's just like, hey, like, we know they have Florida. We know they have – that's it, right, in Florida, I think, for SEC. Uh, SEC is yeah. just Florida. Just yes. Florida. So, I mean, you get another kind of opponent – to kind of bridge the gap in Florida, but you're really not going to touch Florida in terms of market because if you're in Florida, you're probably either rooting for Florida or Alabama or maybe Georgia. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it's, I think that's the next move. It sounds like the ACC is going to make the next and final blow to the Big 12 for the most part. Um, those other two schools, I don't really know what you do. You just beg the Big 12 to pick you up, but in reality, they probably would have picked you up already, right? Yep. So you just go to the Mountain West and beg them maybe? I, I don't know what you do. And, and this is all getting pushed forward more and more because like it used it was like it used to be like hey we're gonna add these schools we're gonna wait like four years to add them though now yep. it's like no we're coming next year like what do you, get on get on the bus we're coming next year we're ready to go so it's just conference realignment is fucking nuts it's wild it's insane and I wouldn't have it any other way the <laughs> chaos is great yeah so neither Clemson nor Florida State are AAU members Miami like you previously said is one some of the more recent additions are uh arizona state believe it or not was added this year usf was added this year you're talking arizona state and academics where what world i listen i'm just i'm just reporting the news (laughs) i know they were added as a school this this uh, this past year um geez so obviously that was a big selling point for Rutgers to get in to Mm -hmm. the big 10 and They've held strong on only admitting schools who are AU members into the into the conference. Mm. At the time, uh, Nebraska was invited. They were an AU member. They have since had their AU accreditation removed, so they are no longer an AU nice. member. And I don't know what the process is to get back in, but they haven't gotten back in. So, how bad do you have to be to like get it removed? Yeah, I don't fully know. I don't know if they changed their standards and then they no longer qualified. Um, 
I think another big domino in all of this is Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame. Well, yeah. If they get squeezed financially, or you know, I think <clears throat> it might not be this TV deal, but the next TV deal. The Big Ten's positioned themselves so well because the contract they signed gets them to the front of the line before the SEC to, to get a, another deal. So mm-hmm. they signed a better deal than the SEC, and they get to have they they get to negotiate a deal a year earlier than the SEC when the SEC's deal is up. So, um, but I think the only problem with that is I think the eight, I think the Notre Dame signed a deal with the a, the ACC where they have to if they decide to join a conference they have to join the ACC. Now, mm-hmm. is that include a grant of rights agreement as well? I don't know, but I know that that is a an agreement they signed when they went from the Big East or whatever for all their other programs to the ACC. Speaking of Notre Dame, apparently they only, they failed to hit the 4 million mark on their week zero game versus Navy. So apparently there's some big controversy going on there with their TV deals and all that and how it's not a good look for Notre Dame's TV deal with NBC. So interesting. And if if you guys want a a pretty good follow, his name's uh, this is the guy I was talking about at genetics 56. And it's all about big 10 information. And he, does a lot of TV uh, media stuff and numbers and if you like analytics and stuff like that. It's a good, it's a good follow for, especially for conference <laughs> realignment too. So. All right. Uh, right thanks for the question, Eric. Now we have a familiar name here. Uh, we got oh. Skang next. Yes, sir. Hey, this is Skang calling in. Who will be the breakout player of the year for the basketball team this season? Talking hoops. Ooh, this is a great question. Uh, I'll let you go first, and then I'll try and answer it with a different answer. But I have, I have my Break guy. Out. You guys got to be Gavin, right? That that would be my guess. I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Andre Hyatt should have a good year. Maybe I'm a little mm-hmm. biased because we just talked to him, but um, I feel like he's. This is kind of make or break for Andre. Like he needs to have a really good season in order to. I mean, he'll probably still go overseas and make money regardless, but yep. this could be the difference in a couple hundred grand. Um, yep. So, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with Andre High, especially just because his numbers were great overseas. They didn't play any great competition from what I was told, but um, I know the one the one game they actually played against um, the Portugal All-Star team had a kid that's a 2023 kid that went to Sunrise Christian Academy in Arizona, which is like one of the best basketball programs in the country for high school kids. Hmm. So um, he's now playing overseas in Portugal professionally, obviously, but uh, this is, it's still like decent comp. Like I think the fact that Andre shot that well, I'm going to have to go with him. I think he'll have a good year. Yeah. I'm going to go with Yavin. I think he is one of, I think because of circumstances, because Ace Bailey committed and because we're in it deep with Dylan Harper, I I think he's gotten a little forgotten about by our fans. Not everyone, but I think it's so easy to, to overlook how good of a prospect he is. I think he's a dark horse to to lead the team in scoring this year. I really do. I think he's going to have a ton of open looks. I think awesome. he's got size and he's got size to shoot over anyone. He's got more more strength than than we're giving him credit for. I think he's got a college ready body already. Um, I I really think that he could be the high, the lead scorer on the team this year. I think he's just such a good player, such a modern basketball player too, in terms of length, athleticism. I, I don't think he's a great defender right now, but I think he has the, the attributes to be a great defender, especially under Pike's system. And he can shoot from anywhere on the court. This guy is a lights-out shooter. I would even venture to say that he's a better pure shooter than Cam Spencer. 
because he has the ability to make his Green. create his own shot too. Like Cam, you give him you give him a wide open look, he's gonna hit it at a really high rate, probably Crazy rate. a better rate than most play, players in the NCAA. But Gavin can do that, and also if he's being guarded by the team's best defender, make room for himself, get his own shot wherever he wants on the court. So I'm gonna go with Gavin. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, one more, right? Yep, we got one from Kevin. Um, Kevin L. Let's see what this one's about. Hey guys, this is Kevin from the Riot Squad. I have two questions for you about Greg Schiano's job security. Oh God! So first of all, I know he's not <laughs> on the hot seat, nor should he be. But this is year four, Fail. and if we go four and eight, or even three and nine, the offense doesn't improve, and Gavin doesn't show serious progress. Could we realistically be looking to move on from Greg, or is that 2024 recruiting class going to keep him safe pretty much no matter what? As a follow-up to that, if we were to move on from Greg, does our status in the Big Ten give us the ability to go out and get somebody that we normally wouldn't be able to do? Would we be able to steal a coach, an up-and-coming coach from the ACC, Pac-12, or Big 12 that normally wouldn't be a target for Rutgers? Thanks for all that you do. Appreciate the time. Well, one of those conferences is dead. Yeah, so. let's uh, let's start, <laughs> let's start with the first the question. Yeah. Is Greg on the hot seat? Absolutely yep. not. What would it take for Greg to be on the hot seat this year? I think is a better way to phrase that. That's a tough one. I think it would have to be a an epic bottoming out, like a one and eleven, two and ten type season, which I don't foresee. I do think this is year four, like you said. Greg start has to start showing something. The first thing I think he has to start showing, in my opinion, is the blowouts have to stop. We're playing yeah. in a great conference against great opponents, but you can't lose half your games by 30 points. That's that's why there's so much apathy in the fan base right now, is because we basically dealt with 10 years straight of this. Now, mm -hmm. if we have a couple games where we're in it in the fourth quarter, like we were against Michigan a couple times, you know, we were, we were beating Michigan at halftime last year, a college football playoff team. You know, we, we've been in games with good opponents. We just haven't been consistently in games with good opponents. Or we've been in games for a short period of time, and then the wheels come off and we lose, you know, 52 to 14 or whatever. So I think the first step that he has to show is we have to limit the blowouts. If the blowouts, if we still have five or six blowouts this year, I think there are going to be some national people who start questioning his job security. I don't think that is reality, though. I don't think he's going... I think there's very few scenarios where he's in hot water after this season. I'll let you talk about it, because I've kind of been going on a lot for, no, for this topic. No, you're good. Um, well, I mean, it's just... It's a totally different... When you turn use the term hot seat, it's so weird, because, like... You, look at Billy Napier. Billy Napier yeah. had one season at Florida in six and seven. And if you go based on like say coacheshotseat.com, he's ahead of Shiano on hot seat. Now both of them are listed on the hot seat, but he's he had one fucking year at Florida and they're and like his, they're ready his to quarterback just got him. taken fourth overall too, and he's on the hot yeah. seat. And they're ready to get rid of him right now. Like yep. it's a totally different atmosphere because Florida's they don't consider rebuilds. There's no such thing as a rebuild in Florida. Yep. Rutgers is a rebuild. It was a significant rebuild. You had arguably the worst head coach in college football for three to three and a half years, whatever it was with Ash. Um, there's, there's not an exaggeration. He also blocked us on Twitter recently. So <laughs> fuck you, Ash. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's it's a total rebuild, so it, he's not really on the hot seat. Even though, like, if you go to that website I just told you, he's number twelve on that hot seat list overall in college football. It's it's kind of his job, in my opinion, until he wants to leave. Now, may, maybe like you said, the national guys are going to get on him a little bit if he has a couple blowouts this year, and he's only got three wins. Lost. Say you lost one of the out of conference games, you only got three wins going into Big Ten play. Um, one of those would be um, obviously Northwestern, but. Uh, then yeah, you're pro- and if you're getting blown out every week, they're going to start saying shit. They're going to do the same thing. The athletics are already kind of b- trying to body the program a little bit already, and it's preseason. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't even play a game yet. Yep. Um, also, he mentioned in his press conference this week. He said it's cool to see. You said it before. It's cool to see these guys grow up. Like Aaron Lewis went from two two twelve to two sixty. Max Mountain, Tyree Powell. These are all guys he saw. He recruited. Exactly. So it's kind of your team now. There's really not a room for excuses. Mm-hmm. So I think you're kind of the seat definitely gets a little warm if you start shitting the bed this year and if yep. you don't have a good season. But is it hot yet? No, I don't think the seat's hot yet. I think it could get there if you have a bad season. And I think next off season that's going to be the entire talk. And then maybe 2024, it's like, hey, make or break. Like this is it. Like you either show some type of progress, cut the blowouts out. Um, but we're looking so far ahead. I think this year yep. it really depends on what happens throughout the season. Like, are yep. there blowouts? Are you? I'm not saying wins and losses because it's not how you can determine a rebuild. But you also can't have two wins. <laughs> you cannot have two wins. Yep. I don't even know if you could have three wins. To be honest with you, I think four would be the benchmark at at least to just show that you're or say that you're making progress. Is the team going to look better? I think they'll look better. Are they going to result in wins? Maybe, maybe not. But We'll see. I don't. I don't think he's uh, on the hot seat yet. To, be, to answer your question, and the other half of his question would be in the hypothetical <clears throat> situation. And this is another. This kind of folds into itself too. Say Rucker. Say Chiano has a terrible season, one and eleven. Mm-hmm. He does something unforgivable and does get fired. And I say unforgivable where it's the sense that like something off the field happens where they can't keep him around because I don't think yeah. a one and eleven season you would get fired for. Like, how is a coach going to come in and be like, okay, I'm coming in after the best coach, arguably, that the school's ever had, who they gave four years to, and regardless of how much money you're going to pay me, this job is clearly a tough one to succeed at, and you're not giving me a very long leash. I think it would be a tough sell. So let's let's assume that Shiano leaves after a couple years, and that's just Mm -hmm. the pure hypothetical. I do think that the Rutgers job will be more attractive than it ever has been mm-hmm. because they're in one of the two power conferences. They're going to be, ha- they have a ton of money at their disposal. They've shown they're willing to spend in terms of, if you look at what we're currently spending on coordinators, all the different, mm-hmm. you know, new buildings that have gone up around campus. I know the, the football palace isn't built yet, but they've shown a commitment to sports that they've never shown before in terms of an athletic department. And there's been success at all levels of the the athletic department outside of football. So I I do think this job is very attractive. I do think there have been coaches, even in the last search, that might have come to Rutgers had the money been a little better. And I don't think money will be a problem next time. So what do you think? Yeah, I think that's fair. I do think the list is going to look a little similar, honestly. I think there'll be a couple better names out there for sure, but I do think the list will look similar to the 2019 hot board. I think Joe Moorhead, Akron head coach, depending on what happens with him there. He's got some Jersey guys already on his staff. Um, I think Phil Longo might get picked up way before we're even talking about this potential scenario for the next head coach of Rutgers, but 
Um, but he's one that really wanted the job, but then obviously we went, they went with Chiano, which is fine. He's the, like you said, the most winningest coach in program history. Um, maybe Fran Brown down the line, maybe, maybe we'll come back story. It'd be interesting. Um, especially if you could snag his buddy, Elijah Robinson to come with him. Yeah. Yep. Um, I do think you could probably pluck a couple power five coaches. I'm not talking about a ton of them, but I think like Lance Leipold from, uh, now at Kansas, a former Wisconsin native. Um, I think you could probably pluck him. I think you could pluck some of the smaller power five schools, but they're not even power five anymore. It's like power like three. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't think you're going to go to like Virginia Tech and be like, "Hey, Brent Pry, I know I know you're from the Northeast. Like, you want to come up here and coach Rutgers instead of Virginia Tech?" You know, he's going to tell you no. Like, he's going to be like, "I'm going to get my th- I'm actually going to use this and go get my pay raise." So thank you. But, how about how about Pat Narduzzi? I thought about that too because mm-hmm. they're in. A weird spot right now with they the are in a weird spot, line. and I've heard rumblings that he's shown a lot of interest in the Rutgers job the last two times it's been open. So he did, but he's also apparently not a fan of someone who runs the athletic department. So there's that because um, he got passed over. Which yeah, sure. I mean, fair enough. He got passed over twice actually. Yep. He he was interested, but he also wanted a shit ton of money too. So it's yep. like, is it maybe a negotiating tactic? You can argue, probably. I would look. I, I think Pat would be a nice hire too. He's got Big Ten experience and Northeast guy. It would make a lot of sense. Yep. So to answer your question, but, I do think they would have a better pool of candidates. But this is so deeply hypothetical because oh, it all yeah, depends on how how does does Greg retire? Does he get let go? Is there a scandal? It's like, and I I don't think he's going anywhere. Greg talked about it last week that you know when he's ready to go, he'll go. It's not about. You know, getting pushed out. He's got four more years on his contract, and I agree. Rutgers isn't firing a coach with four years left on their deal. That's the other thing. Do they have the money to even let go of him? Like, mm-hmm. no. Nope. Yep. <laughs> and plus, like, how things work in college, like, right around now is when he's probably going to get an extension. Like, depending yeah, on how this yeah. season goes, because because these guys have to be able to go to a high school junior. And say, hey, come play for me. I'm going to be here. I have a six-year deal. If you have a three-year deal, by the time he gets on campus, you got one year left. So you can't really yeah. recruit these guys effectively if your contract isn't long enough because that's going to be used against you. That's going to use the, especially if they're a high-level recruit. That's the first thing yeah. a coach is going to use against you. It's like, you're going to go to Rutgers? You know, he's got two years left on his deal, right? He's not even going to be there when you get there. Mm-hmm. So. so we'll see. That's a tough one, though. That, that was a. Uh... We got pretty uh, into the future there. We did. And now we're back from the future and uh, back to reality. We have a game this week, uh, <laughs> less do. than seven days away. I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be a great day from the looks of it. The weather is looking perfect. It's going to be dry and hot. So uh, make sure to hydrate noon on Sunday at SHI mm-hmm. Stadium. We're going to be talking about this game tomorrow with a Northwestern beat reporter. I don't know if we're going to have any other episodes this week. I... You never know. You never, never know, know nowadays. We say that, and we're going to have one. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially now that we have gotten some clarity on potentially Dylan Harper's timeline. We don't really know when we might have another podcast. Uh, it's before September 10th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, again, stay tuned to the board. Stay tuned to your podcast feed because you never know what's going to pop in. Mm-hmm. Um, that is true. Anything else you wanted to hit on, Rich, before we sign off? A couple things. So. Um, can everyone on the boards just stop saying Kyle McCord's going to transfer to Rutgers if he doesn't get the job? He got the job. End of story. We're done. We're done there. Yep. Okay? That's number one. Number two, 
this is a question for all the listeners that have gotten this far, all the loyal people, because I don't know how you listen to us talk for 49 minutes, 48 minutes. Um, if we had a post-game live show on YouTube, would you watch? That's all, that's all I want to know. Just You don't have to do anything crazy. Just put yes or no in the chat. You can put hashtag chop or hashtag are you or whatever you want to. But um, <clears throat> just curious how much of a listener base we could get post-game. Screw the radio show. Screw those other guys. Yes, we'll, we'll figure out a way to somehow incorporate the Great Channel pre- uh, post-game press conference with it. But if we were to have a post-game live show reacting to everything, getting some of your guys' thoughts and opinions, would you watch? Would you tune in? Would you be in a tail- still tailgating after the game? Give you an extra 30 minutes to sober up before you go home? So just let me know yes or no in the comments. Yes, if you want. No, obviously, if you don't. And number three, um, oh, there's interesting article from Christian Dyer. Well, I guess not really him, but he quoted OutKick. Does Rutgers have the number one, the future number one NIL um, athlete in in Riley Tiernan? Because that's who they're comparing. Uh, they're comparing her. They're comparing her to Olivia, uh, Livy Dunn. Livy Dunn. Livy Dunn. Yeah, Livy Dunn. Mm-hmm. So, hey, it's, you never know. Maybe, maybe they'll have the future number one NIL uh, athlete because she did just sign a pretty big deal with Adidas. Ooh, interesting. Current, well, not Rutgers' current sponsor, technically, because no contract has been signed yet. But um, I mean, you see where I'm going here, right? And imagine if they paid other athletes or maybe high school seniors. Interesting. That is a very interesting theory you have there. I don't, uh, yes. I don't really know what you're talking about, Rich. Uh, but know, if huh? that hypothetical <laughs> was true, I'd imagine they would want to get in with some, I don't know, northeastern basketball power because they're having a hard time attracting top-level basketball talent to their roster now that guys are aging out like James Harden and you you know Damian Lillard and guys like Trey Young weren't as big of superstars as they were hoping yeah I guess they would want to make their uh their stable of of young basketball players a little deeper and I guess the easiest way to do that would be making sure that those players play in Adidas gear in college, right? I don't know. That would, anyway, that would be the easiest way. No, this is a pure speculation here. Crazy. Once again, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for rating and reviewing. You guys are great. Uh, we can't rate the basketball season or football season and basketball season. It's right around the corner. I'm excited. Sad to see summer end, but it's great to see the sports calendar open Ooh, back up. One more quick thing. If you're not following us on social media, just do it. Like we, our Instagram's, <laughs> our Instagram's slacking, man. Mm-hmm. At Rutgers Rivals on Instagram, at Rutgers Rivals on Twitter. If you're on Facebook, just delete the app. What are you doing? <laughs> um, also, I said Twitter. It's actually X or whatever. The fuck it I'm is now. never gonna not call it Twitter. So let's <laughs> just know. keep calling it Twitter. Just, yeah, Twitter it is. Um, so yeah, if you get a chance, just go to uh, go to our Instagram, go to our Twitter, follow us, shoot us a follow. I'm telling you right now, you're gonna love it because we tweet some. Some funny, st- stupid shit, but some some really good stuff and informational stuff too, uh, along with the message boards. So check it out. Uh, that is my my pitch for today. That's it. That's Richie's final answer, and that's also mine. So thanks once again for listening. This has been another edition of your podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube.